Now it's time for the latest instalment of A Year on the Farm. It's a series that Cosmo Kentish Barnes has been making with Oxford farmers Alistair and Jenna Bird. Alistair, give me an update. What's been happening over the past couple of months? Yeah, uh, welcome back. Um, winter. It's been quite kind, really, for us here. Um, it got cold for a wee bit, but then yeah, we got a bit of rain and it's warmed up. And grass has kept growing pretty well all the way through. And then, of course, we just had a big rain just the other day, but we're not too bad after that, so 130 mils in about 36 hours, something like that. So it's pretty good. And then, yeah, so going back, we scanned some heifers. And the scanning results um, haven't been great for you this season. No, so the, the mixed-age cows were, were not too bad. I think we were 8% dry in the mixed-age cows, something like that. And then, yeah, but the, the heifers, the, the first calving and second calving heifers were about 50% dry. So one of our bulls had broken down, essentially, so he just didn't mate anything. <laughs> um, luckily we well, we single sire mated so that's one bull per mob of cattle um, and then we joined them together luckily uh, after about three weeks so then the bull that was in the other lot was fine so he started mating the ones that were unmated mm. and then in hindsight it's quite lucky but one of the neighbours bulls jumped in <laughs> and, uh, he, and, and did a bit of a job as well for us so we've been testing the bull in question a couple of times just over the last uh, we tested him yesterday for the second time and, and the first time was a, about a month ago and so his sperm is not that active, only about 40% active. Normally you, you want 95 or 98% active so we're working with the stud he came from because they guaranteed his viability I suppose for three years. Mm. Yeah. So what happens in that situation when the results are not really what you were hoping for or expecting? Uh, I suppose we were just trying to get down to the source of the problem. So we did some blood tests for BVD for those heifers because we um, had had BVD issues in the past, but that, that's all come back clear. So that's that's not the issue. And then, um, yeah, the stud organised a, a tester to come out and test the bulls to see how they were performing, and one of them came up as, as not being very good. So that's our problem. How frustrating for you, especially since it's been such an amazing autumn and there's heaps of feed around? Yeah, yeah, quite frustrating. They are the, the younger of the animals, so essentially they're your best genetics coming through. But then we can't afford to just hold half of the mob through for another 12 months without having any sort of revenue income from them. It's a tough call to make. Yeah, yeah. So does that mean some of the empties will go to the works? Yeah, all the dries are gone, so some of them went to the works and then some of the younger ones were actually sold store so for someone else to take and, and oh. take through the winter and finish yeah so normally you wouldn't have done that sent them to the works no correct yeah yeah, yeah. Well, unless they were dry but the percentages normally in the heifers are only one or two percent dry if, if that if any so yes. yeah. yeah a big hit on the bottom line quite a quite a big hit both stocking rate and financially yeah and sheep wise how is everything going yeah, not too bad. We haven't scanned any of the hill ewes or the hoggets yet, so the replacements. And then we're just looking at shearing some of the hill ewes pre-lamb uh, next week. So everything's wintered quite well. So the 
the hoggets, the younger ones, we had them down at the lease blocks on kale or on crop. So they were mated on that crop the first time we've done that too. And then they've been back here at home wintering on the crop as well. So they've grown out really well, quite happy with how they're sitting. So the hill ewes lamb the 25th of September and then the hoggets lamb 1st of October. And we've probably set up better than we have ever been for lambing and calving at the moment. Um, there's a lot of grass around, the ewes are in, and cows are in good nick. So and we do realise how lucky we are. Yeah, we're, we yep, we're feeling pretty positive about the, the lambing and production side of the season ahead. Not so much about the forecast prices and, and things like that, um, but that's pretty well out of our control. We can just try and get as many lambs on the ground and as good weights and, mm. and stuff as possible. We are learning to focus on what we can control, yep. but, but there are a lot of decisions to make. You know, like you can't have the cattle in a place that would be eating feed that we need saved for the spring, but it's also... They literally clean up the rough parts of the grass out the back. And it's not because they get crappy feed. It's because they can eat it with their long tongues that wrap around the grass and rip it out. And the sheep need the short grass that they nibble. And, you know, there are a lot of decisions made in there. And do we buy more stock in to, to get the feed down to the quality comes up? Or is that too hard on management? We don't have the cash flow and all that. Mm. So, yeah, we had lots of feed and, you know, we sort of go, yeah, it was good. But... You still have to manage it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Yeah. Is there a um, local farmer discussion group where you can talk about these things? Yeah, we had a um, discussion group kind of through beef and lamb come on to the place for a couple of hours and they were looking at low input farm systems essentially. So mm. we took them around, um, showed them what we do and took their ear off for a couple of two <laughs> or three hours, I think. And it was pretty organic, really. It, it was just up to them to ask us questions. There was no format or formalities. It was, um, but it was cool. It was there's a whole range of different farmers. One organic farmer, and then some hill country guys and flatland guys, and, and some locals that we hadn't met yet. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's quite good when those discussions are quite informal, so that people can feel like they can ask them anything. Yeah, I think so. And you knew that some people felt very strongly about something and someone else would feel a different way. But it was all up for discussion, and that is what you want in a discussion group, yeah. We, we quite enjoy having those kind of groups around, not just discussion groups, but any of those kind of groups that bring a whole bunch of people together because not only do hopefully they learn something from us, we also learn from them. Mm. And you had another group on the farm as well. Yeah, yeah, we've had a couple of groups. Uh, that one was through ECAN, so Environment Canterbury. And it was, yeah, focusing on the Cust River. So we're at the top of the Cust, one of the kind of catchments. And they were talking about Mahinga Kai, so just all the the values that go around the waterways, not just the food and the, the species that live in the waterways, but also the, just got a kiddo flying past. Um, but just the, you know, everything that's associated with it, with the waterways, but the land associated around it as well. Mm. And... I feel it's quite important that we that we do look after our waterways, you know, like our kids swim in the creek, we drink out of the springs on the hill, and we don't want to see the water degraded when it leaves our, our farm. So we want to do what's right by, by the environment as best we can. Now attached to the tractor behind you is uh, a brand new machine. Tell me about that. Yeah, so this is a new um, sponsorship deal, I suppose, through the YouTube channel and it's a post driver so it allows you to park your tractor in a safe place and then 
put the post driver where you want to yeah. have the post rather than the old way of putting your tractor where you want the post so and that may not always be the safest spot you think hill country yeah hill, yeah mainly yeah hill country um so yeah pretty awesome piece of kit and and pretty excited to to demo this for the next 12 months and i can see a vintage red tractor in your stable yeah so that's a ni 1944 i think farmal b so that came from my dad actually did the most of the restoration on that so it it was on the farm when my grandfather bought it in 1973 back up in the men or two it's um it's a pretty cool old old girl it's um, front two it. wheels are very close yeah, so it's a tri, together it's a triaxle so tricycle yeah. type type setup um but yeah a bit of history so my mum used to drive that tedding hay years and years ago I've, I've the only time the first time we ever saw it run was when i went and picked it up from dad's place as a kid it always just used to sit in the shed because it was broken so yeah. used to play on it and pretend you know as you do as kids yeah. yeah so when your mum used it it was when you were little little oh real little yeah yeah because yeah. alistair's mum's not around anymore yeah. so it's pretty cool yeah uh, link back and a bit then a bit of history there yeah didn't your dad actually sell it and then buy it back pretty he quick did, yeah <laughs> when he when he sold the farm up there we had two farmals actually a farm will be that one and, a, and an m and he sold the sold both of them but then within a couple of months I think he bought that one back yeah. <laughs> I think because of the history because of the link it's just a cool piece of gear have you taken it for a spin no Jenna? <laughs> no I haven't I um I need to don't I yeah you do yeah. it hasn't been here a huge amount of time yet I was just brought down here when Alistair's dad moved again so it's pretty gorgeous I love it mm. I love Alistair's grin when he's driving it <laughs> it's got a crank handle thing at the front too can you still actually do normal farm work with with a tractor like that uh well of course you, you couldn't put this big post driver on it <laughs> it would weigh more than the tractor um oh I'm, I'm looking for either a sickle bar or a belly mower for it just to mow the roadsides and mow around the yards just to keep it keep it running i don't want it sitting in the shed just sitting there for, for nothing cool, so though. oh it does especially <laughs> in the old stable there yeah yes. yeah I will take a photograph of it today and put it onto our webpage in case anyone wants to have a look. This yeah. looks like those classic like kids' cartoons where it's got a big face on it, a big smile. or Yeah, you know. yeah. Both Gina and I do like our history, both of the area and the farm, and, and of course it's just added to it. So Yes. What's your relationship with this land here? My family bought it and Alistair and I lease it now. So the family that were here before we came... We're here for a very long time, since settlers, sort yeah. of... 1880. Yeah, 1880. So I did not grow up on a farm as beautiful as this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did grow up on a farm, not too far away, but it was flat and stony and dusty and quite the opposite to this. Yeah. Now we are going to head out now and check up on some, some ewes. Yeah, so we've got the early single bearing ewes just over the road over here. driving down the laneway past your bulls there's a big one over there eating um, eating some hay yeah he's he's the oldest one that we've got that one so yep he's uh, about five years old that bike yep. 
and we can see the uh, the sheep in the distance. They're enjoying having some sun on their backs. Yeah, everything's enjoying the sun at the moment. Um, as soon as they've got a full tummy, they'll sit down and spread out and yeah, dry out. Just crossing over the road and into another paddock. Oh, it's a bit muddy in here. Yeah, anywhere under the trees or um, or in a bit of a hollow is uh, a lot wetter. Now the creek behind us flows into the Cust River. Yeah, so that's one of the tributaries, so one of the creeks that run into the Cust. These use about due for a, for a wee shift. So what we're going to do is just step this fence over a couple of metres, so not pull the whole fence down and put another one up, we'll just incrementally walk it down the paddock. Yes. And any day now we'll have lambs on the ground. But um, yeah, so they were scanned, so they were at the lease block, and then they came back here and all got shorn. You normally get the shearing done before before they lamb? Yeah, correct, yep. So we find that that works quite well for a couple of factors, so it helps them find shelter when they're when they are lambing because they're obviously a wee bit colder so they don't have all that wool so they go and find a nice cozy spot um, it also sets them up well for summer so fly strike's really been quite an issue over the summers the last couple of years just with it being so wet so the less wool they have on them then the less dags that they can accumulate and uh, obviously the less attracted to the flies they are the bird there, who also makes regular videos for his Kiwi Farmer YouTube channel. Cosmo was also talking to Jenna Bird at their property near Oxford in North Canterbury.